Chicago. This is your morning routine. Put some respect on my name. Cap and J-Hood. That's right. That's right. We're bad. Uh-huh. Follow Cap J-Hood on Twitter and Instagram. Watch the show on Twitch. Follow ESPN 1000 Chicago. Stream the show on the ESPN Chicago app and on FM 100.3 HD2 and on ESPN 1000 Chicago. Now, now, now. David Kaplan and Jonathan Hood. Good morning, everyone. Super Bowl 57. Here we go. Kelsey at the bottom is going to come in a little short motion. Mahomes looking that way, throwing that way. Kelsey got it. Touchdown. Hurts has all day loaded up, taking a shot, looking for A.J. Brown. He's got it. Touchdown. Hurts on a quarterback draw. Nowhere to go. Sitting on the turf. It's picked up by Bolton. No one in front of him is going to score. They're almost impossible to beat if they protect the ball. You'll see there Nick Bolton, number 32. He gets the strip, the fumble recovery, and the touchdown. Now Hurts on the keep. Has a seam, and Jalen Hurts is in for the touchdown. His second rushing touchdown today. Pacheco right up the gun and in. Touchdown. Just the second punt of the day for Philadelphia. Here's Sipos. Low sinking kick. Tony on the run. Still up on his feet. Tony has a wall. It's another block. Tony inside the 20. Tony still going and he's down to the five. It's coming. Mahomes, man wide open. Touchdown, Chiefs. It's Sky Moore. Hurts has some time. Going deep. Got a man. Devontae Smith. He's got it. He is out of bounds at the one. First and goal. They try to shove Hurts over the end zone. Waiting for a signal. He's in. Touchdown, Eagles. And now they have to go for two for the tie, you would think. Hurts looking for a block. And he gets there. He's in. We're tied at Super Bowl 57. Butker up. Got it. Here we go. Hurts. As all day. Now some rushers come. Going to throw it as far as his arm can take it, which is well short. And the Kansas City Chiefs have won Super Bowl 57. Highlights courtesy of Fox and O. God, welcome in to the Captain J Hood Morning Show on ESPN 1000 and streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. With Courtney Cronin in for Cap, it's J Hood with you on the Super Bowl Monday review. We got Jay, we got Jay Moore, we got you for a three-hour ride with open phone line for you. 312-332-ESPN-332-3776 is our telephone number. Good morning, Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash ESPN 1000 Chicago. Thanks so much for keeping the conversation going and watching this show and all the shows here on ESPN Chicago. And there you go, Courtney, 38-35, the Chiefs are the Super Bowl champions again, Super Bowl 57, in a high-scoring affair in the desert. It was great. My goodness. So this might have been one. This is the best Super Bowl I can remember outside of the overtime game and the incredible comeback from the New England Patriots in 2016. But this is exactly what we wanted. Number one offense in the Chiefs, number one defense in the Eagles. It didn't look like the number one defense in the NFL in that second half, but... I just, the legend of Patrick Mahomes grows. You get a high-scoring affair. 
I know there was the controversial holding. Was it a hold? Was it not a hold? Should it have been called at the end of the game? That's life. That's officiating. It shouldn't mar how good this game was in totality from the very first drive. You are correct, but it will. It will. Uh, and, and, it's not just that call, too. There's yeah. other calls that have been brought up, whether it was it was it a fumble, was it not a fumble, was it, you know, and this was a game that was relatively clean. I don't think there was a single defensive pass interference called in this game, and then it comes down to effectively a judgment call in yeah. the final minutes. Ah, Courtney, it's the best officiating we've ever seen. Ask Roger the Goodell, the commissioner. Said. Absolutely. It's, <laughs> it's great officiating. And, and so if you have not watched the NFL, and here's what the Super Bowl brings. The Super Bowl brings people together. Like, I haven't seen football all season, but I know that there's a party here. I'm going to be part of something special because on the big screen, there is a Super Bowl. And so I haven't watched all season. And you sit down and watch it. And for the person that has not watched football all season, they have to be thinking to themselves, my God, I don't know what a catch is anymore. Or, man, oh, my God, look at this officiating. For Roger Goodell to say before the Super Bowl in his press conference, everything's fine, it's not fine. But the head-scratcher for me always, Courtney, is this, is that here we are in 2023 where you have all the technology in the world and we're still getting calls wrong, actually worse. Actually, with the, with the human element, with the just the human eye, someone's watching and officiating. You say, okay, he missed that call. He missed that call. It happens so frequently. Is that because it's magnified because it's 2023? I just think that with technology and with the human eye, still we're getting calls wrong. I mean, think about the Eagles in the divisional playoffs against the Giants. In early on in that game, the chain broke on the side. Do you remember that? Yes. Like when they had to yes. like unravel it and figure out this is how we measure what a first down is in 2023, the year of our Lord. Mm-hmm. Like we have technology. We could implement a sky judge like other sports do. And the NFL, for some reason, is so averse to that. And when your product, the day after the Super Bowl, whether it's here, whether it's on other radio stations, whether it's on Get Up, currently this is what we're talking about. And incredible Goliath versus Goliath matchup in Philly and Kansas City, yet the final moments of that game we're going to remember for a holding call, which, again, is a judgment call. And if you had the ability, which they do, to fix all of this by having a sky judge, by using your technology to your advantage, there are plenty of smart coaches who have vouched for this. I don't know if it's just falling on deaf ears at the league office, but these rules committees that meet every offseason – this comes up, and you, you know this is going to be a topic of conversation considering what happened in the AFC championship game, the replayed third down yeah. for the, in the, between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Cincinnati Bengals and how irate Zach Taylor was over that. You know that that's going to be a topic of conversation this offseason. And then things like this in the biggest game of the year, the last game of the year, this is what our lasting memory is going to be of 2022 football. No matter how terrific Jalen Hurts was, no matter how dynamic Patrick Mahomes was and how unbelievable he was at the end of the game, and just all some of the great plays that we saw, it boils down to James Bradbury against Juju Smith-Schuster. And so there are some that will say, well, why do you make that call at that particular time? We get this all the time, not just in football, Courtney, but in all sports. There are fans that will look at certain plays, especially at the end, and say, how could you make that call at the end of the game? That call is holding in the first quarter. That call is holding in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. That call is holding uh, all the time. But here's the thing. If you don't believe me, if you don't believe officials, listen to James Bradbury. He goes, yeah, I was holding. I mean, that's not up for my judgment. You know, I, I was hoping he would let it go. But, of course, you know, he's a ref. It's a big game. Um, and it was, it was a hold. 
so they called it. All your years, your many years, going back to 1965 when you were covering the NFL during that time, do you recall someone being that being a stand-up person saying that, yes, it was me, I was, I was holding? Maybe in my pre-merger days, uh, you know, way back in the day when guys were just ruthless in the locker room. And, yes. You know, maybe, maybe then, but yes. I just... I can commend James Bradbury for ending any sort of speculation. Was he holding? Was he not holding? Because typically in those moments, you get a player who kind of flips it on the media. Like, what did you see? Yeah. I didn't see myself holding. I was in the middle of the game. You guys were watching the replay. What did you see? Yet for some reason, maybe he's just a better person than than myself and others (laughs) who would have been like, let's just die with the lie here. I didn't hold. But he went that route, and I just, I'm watching the replay. I've watched it a bunch of times since last night, and you can always tell how much a receiver is held by how quick he is to complain to officials, start throwing his hands up, pulling on his jersey, all things like that. Juju Smith Schuster, in this clip I've got on repeat, just kind of casually walks from the sideline back into the huddle because he thought. You know, okay, well, you know, whatever happened here, well, I wasn't held. Yeah. But James Bradbury doubling down, and I know Carl Schaefer's after the game talked with the pool reporter for the Super Bowl and explained that, you know, there was clear cut evidence to to call this. You know, what what whatever you think about the NFL's officiating, this is by their rule book. That's and, and I'm with you. I hate the argument of well, would you call it in the first quarter? Is that a play that you would call in the first quarter since you called it in the fourth? No matter what it was, that was a hold yes. by the NFL's standards and the definition of that. But again, those things are judgment calls, and the, the conversation is going to be: Should a flag have been thrown in that moment? And that's something that is uh, is going to be up for debate. Well, here's the thing: Like you know, I, I'm trying to give the NFL the benefit of the doubt as far as here to the letter of the law, based on your rules. Yes, that is yes. holding. Unfortunately, the NFL doesn't live up to its own standard when it comes to that, right? They don't they live to their own stand, their own letter of the law because on some games, depending on what games you watch, sometimes that is holding, sometimes it's not. It should not just be one thing or the other. Now, I think that James Bradbury has uh, really cemented himself in the front office in the National Football League just for being a stand-up guy. Seriously. Yeah. I think someone up there is like, look at that guy. He's actually on our side. Well, look at that. You know what? <laughs> Let's keep our eyes on that Bradbury, pal. Hey, he's a free agent. Hey. Maybe he heads to Park Avenue after uh, you know a couple of weeks of m- mulling what he's going to do next. Only a guy like James Bradbury would be thinking about his future because, again, it wasn't like he blinked. He just said, yeah, I, I was holding. Yes, it was me. I was holding. Now, Nick Sirianni, the head coach for the Philadelphia Eagles, and by the way, Nick Sirianni, he knows America when he hears it. He knows America. There he is, standing up there proudly with the national anthem and the tear rolling down his face. And then another tear rolling down his face. I mean, emotional. I mean, a gusher of tears. Do you think that Sean Moreno and that meme, is has that been retired with the tears like Dreaming out of his face? Yeah, I think so. I think we moved Nick Jordan. Nick Sirianni's the new Sean Moreno. We move, we, move, we move Moreno. We move Jordan out of the way. Now it's Sirianni because he says, you know what? This is America. It's America. Sirianni on that Bradbury call, by the way. I'm not. I'm not. It's not my job to, uh, you know, I mean, you, you'll see me on the sideline. I'm going to argue with different things of, of, of calls here and there, but it's not my job to make the call. You know, those guys got to do that in, in split second. Um, you know, scenarios. Um, and so, you know, that's what he saw and he, and he called it. And so that's never, it, 
I, I know it always appears to be that you know it's one call that makes it it's not it's not what it is right it, it's not what it is there's there, there's so many plays that contribute to the the end result of the game and in, and today they were better than we were so shay as i was driving home from uh, dion and terrence's house where i watched the uh, the game watched went to my cousin's house watched the super bowl I was listening to um, the fanatic in Philly because I had to find it because not, nothing like a good negative post game. I was going to say oh. that was a bastion of intelligence oh. and nuance. No, no, but no, I, I didn't need that. I just wanted I wanted all the tears from the Eagles fans. I needed that. There are Chicky and Pete's doing a broadcast there, and I turned it on. I was like, let me see, let me get the flavor of the Philly fan. And for some of the Philly fans that called into those that post game show. They were really disappointed in the ending of that game. Just talking about the Bradbury call, it ruined the game for them. Would you say, Shay, that that ruined the game? Because obviously if you're an Eagles fan, yeah, it ruins it because you had your chance to win the Super Bowl. But they boiled everything down, the good, the bad, the ugly, to that one play. That ruined it? Not for me. I think if you think about the game, like we still had the third highest scoring Super Bowl ever. You still had an all-time great lead to scoring drive in the final five minutes. You had a tie game in the final five minutes. Mahomes um, being the great. I think you got everything you could have asked for. And the call really for me, it's damned if you do, damned if you don't. If they don't make that call, the Eagles go down the field and win. We are talking this morning about a blown call, no holding, that cost the Chiefs a Super Bowl. So, so Cordy, let's do this. And let's open the phone line, Shay. 312-332-ESPN-332-3776 is our telephone number. We want to get your thoughts about Super Bowl 57. If you got a chance to watch that or listen to it, Courtney and I want to get your phone calls in on that. But also, did the controversial ending with James Bradbury and that hold on Juju Smith-Schuster, did that controversial end ruin a classic game for you? Think about it. You saw what happened. That was the end result, and it helped the uh, the Chiefs win the ball game. But did that controversial end uh, ruin the classic game for you last night? Let's get your calls in. 312-332-3776. With Courtney Cronin in for Cap. It's Jay Hood with you. Cap and Jay Hood. Weekday mornings at 7. That's why I Shot. No shot. With Cap and Jay Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. That's why I see Good morning and welcome into the Cap and Jay Hood Morning Show here on ESPN 1000 and streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. With Courtney Cronin in for Cap, I'm Jay Hood. Glad to have you in today as we review Super Bowl 57. What a game. What a questionable finish. A lot of things we got to talk about around this game that took place yesterday in the desert. 312-332-3776 is our phone number at this time every day. We do shot or no shot. Here's Shay Norling. Shay? Good morning. Let's uh, dive right in. Good with a, morning. With a Super Bowl-themed shot or no shot, uh, all Super Bowl questions. The Kool-Aid man comes right through with a good morning and it's Super Bowl. We got a job to do, man, and it's the damn Super Bowl. There's a lot to get to. I want to get right to it. Oh, yeah. Go ahead, buddy. Well, that's where I want to start. Now, Courtney brought this up a little bit, the greatness of Patrick Mahomes in the last hour. To come out of the halftime locker room with a high ankle sprain, and do what he did in the second half. Lead the Chiefs to a win. Their seventh straight victory when trailing, entering the fourth quarter. Eighth straight, I believe, which is an all-time record. The fact he came out and did this, he's now two-time league MVP, two-time Super Bowl champion, two-time uh, Super Bowl MVP. Shot or no shot, he is one of the five greatest quarterbacks ever already. 
I'll say that's a shot. And I know that's probably a little controversial because when we're talking about the totality of someone's career and you've got, I mean, Tom Brady's Super Bowl wins aside, I think that's probably how we have to boil this thing down because he's not close to Brady. Not yet. But if he retires today, Shay, he goes to the Hall of Fame. Active quarterbacks. He's the only one with two Super Bowl rings. He reversed the curse on winning the MVP and being the NFL's passing yards leader and winning a Super Bowl. That hasn't happened since Kurt Warner, 1999. So I, I don't think that's a, I don't think it's difficult to parse through that. He's the greatest of this generation. Brady's his own generation. Yeah. And if he retires today, immediately into Canton. So I think. Putting him in that group of the Brady's, maybe you know Elway, Bradshaw, Montana. Do you? I, I would put him above Peyton and okay. Eli. Okay, let's let's do this together, you and I. Let's okay. do this together because this will come up, right? If he's top five and Brady's part of that top five, Montana and Elway are they still in that top five? I mean, see, my thought on Montana and Elway is that used to be the conversation in the eighties: mm-hmm. who's better, who's best. And then Brady breaks through all that controversy. Like, there's no more Brady versus Montana because those are the two best at the time. Brady wins seven rings. Okay. So, Peyton Manning's still on that list for you? No. That top five? Mm -mm. He'd be like six for me. Okay. Then who fits in that? If Mahomes is part of that five, who else is left? I would put... If you want to just, like, we'll go make it easy. We'll put Mahomes at five because he's still playing. Yeah. So then, like, backing it up, it's some combination of Brady is at number one. And then two, three, three and four would be Elway, Bradshaw, and probably Montana. Which Bradshaw? Like, Terry Bradshaw? Terry. Which one are you thinking of? Uh, I was thinking about the wrestler. Uh, Bradshaw, Terry Bradshaw. It's 4-0 in the Super Bowl. He attempted like six passes. <laughs> I know he had the deep dive on that. You know, see, that's the thing about Terry Bradshaw, right? Great running game. Mm-hmm. Iron, different, different era. Iron gate as an offensive line. It's not like I was around to see it. I just watched the films like sure. all the rest of us. What do you think, Shay? Because we break down the Bradshaw numbers. And again, the Manning people will not be happy with this. They believe that Peyton Manning still believes and uh, should belong in that mix that top five does Mahomes belong in that top five yes he does this morning I could say that for sure yeah I agree I've I may venture he's in the top three I've already told you I think he's the best quarterback mm-hmm. I've ever watched that's fair I just don't want for me I'm different than most in which I like to see a body of work an entire body of work and then I could be able to do that now in the moment is he top five for me absolutely look at what he's been able to do yeah so two I, Super Bowls yeah. in his first five seasons, and you go back to the others of our generation who have done that, whether it's Roethlisberger or Brady. Neither of them in their first Super Bowl were much more than an afterthought. Of course, Roethlisberger was like nine for twenty-one; he was terrible. Brady didn't do much in that first Super Bowl. Mahomes going back to the Forty Nineers Super Bowl, maybe didn't have his best game. I think he was like twenty-six of forty-eight. But he still was the centerpiece of that offense. He has been the centerpiece of this Chiefs team his entire career. And now, like Brady, he's very much in that. It's not just the conversation. He's there of, I am a mainstay at this stage of the NFL season. Every year you can expect the Chiefs, with Patrick Mahomes as your quarterback, to be at that stage of the game or contending for it. I don't think, unless Andy Reid retires, unless something happens with Patrick Mahomes, that they won't 
ever be in the mix for that every year from here on out. I know this is going to happen on Around the Horn. It's already happened this morning about Brady versus Mahomes, and that's not the conversation. I think we dug into the better conversation of those in the middle. Both Manning brothers, Eli and Peyton, it's Ben Roethlisberger. It's how you feel about Aaron Rodgers this morning. Rodgers versus Mahomes as Mahomes. That's more interesting conversation to me mm-hmm. because, again, it's a, it's a hill that's very difficult for the next generation to climb. Seven rings. I mean, sustained success like that, like, I don't look at Brady because that's so far away. But the others, that's what's interesting to me. And I think he's climbed over a lot of really quality quarterbacks we've had in the 2000s. All right, Shay, what else do we have? All right, I got one more question about the game, and then I want to get into some of the fun of the Super Bowl. Uh, the Eagles may have lost, but they continued to be probably the most dominant quarterback sneak team the league has ever seen. They took advantage of some rules that let them get formations out there and let running backs push the pile forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've converted 33 of their 37 attempts this season. The best mark ever. Shot or no shot. The NFL needs to change this rule this offseason. What do you think, Courtney? I mean, they they altered this rule a few years ago Mm -hmm. to allow for this to happen. And Kaylin Kaler, who writes for The Athletic, did a really good deep dive into how other people in the league feel about it. So I'll say... like. It's a shot. It's 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 a it's a shot because mm-hmm. you have a lot of coaches who are upset about this. And when you get to own combine, you get to the owners' meetings, and all these rules committees get together. There's going to be people who are not happy with the push from behind that these quarterbacks are getting. But you cannot deny it; they're better at it than everybody else. The offensive line goes low. Hertz can find his happy medium. I mean, my goodness, you see Chris Jones on the attempt where it was just like, you know, I wish I would have saved my head and the potential. (laughs) I wish I would have saved that blow to my helmet for something that actually mattered where I had a chance to affect the play. Mm -hmm. Because he was, you know, shot out of a cannon on that and didn't affect anything. Like, it's so morally defeating for a team when you're lining up against your opponent. And you know the play they're going to run, it's an automatic thing. That they're going to get it 99% of the time. Yes. And that is the, that is the Philadelphia Eagles with the quarterback sneak. I like that. Actually, that, that's more effective than the ring around the rosy, Shay. They tried that again. Hard, hard to do that ring around the rose with tired that's legs. That's slay garbage again. You, see, you saw what the Eagles tried to do, though. Uh, not, I'm sorry, the Chiefs tried to do that ring around the rosy thing. They went around the old roulette table. No. We, we know what's coming. Bam. Good old Matt Nagy for you. It worked once. Now let's run it into the ground. (laughs) Again, if you haven't watched football, you're at the Super Bowl party, you're saying, hey, am I high? What's going on here? What are those guys doing? So it's a shot, Shay. What else? All right, let's get to some of the fun. During the trophy presentation ceremony after the game, Fox's Terry Bradshaw wanted to get attention of one Andy Reid. Listen to this. Big guy. Let me get the big guy in here. Come on, waddle over here. (laughs) Waddle on over here, big fella. Oh, my God. Shot or no shot. Time to get Terry Bradshaw off that podium. (laughs) So you've got 18 people on the Fox pregame, and Terry Bradshaw with the hat comes on there. Now, here's the thing. Think about all the television guys um, that are bright personalities, like, you know, Charles Barkley, like, you know, polarizing, right? Terry Bradshaw, he's not polarizing at all. He's just a goof with a hat. I mean, that's what he is, man. He just he just says things, open mouth, and says things. Like I didn't I didn't feel like that that uh, Andy Reid should take offense. I'm sure they've known each other for years. I'm about to say he made that comment knowing that that's gonna 
hit with Andy Reid, and Andy Reid wouldn't be offended by it. Because but, wasn't he talking about cheeseburgers? Yes. Like, but, at some, the, but at the same time, you've never seen this. If you haven't watched football all season, and you see this guy with a hat, <laughs> and just like, what did he just say? Did he call him fat? Did he fat shame Andy Reid? Andy Reid well doesn't care. <laughs> he doesn't care. They've known each other for years. Nate Burleson is Fox, right? He is CBS. Darn. He is the. I would. Uh, I would put him on. I think he's the best oh. of any of the pregame analysts on any of the network. Hey, Burleson's a big shooter. He's moved on to CBS News. You know. I mean, yeah, he's 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 Michael Strahan now. Yeah, that's exactly what he is. So he's, so then by that logic, if I have to stick with the Fox crew and not like you know like cross pollinate here, I would say that Michael Strahan should have been the guy doing the Super Bowl trophy interviews with the head coach and everybody on the podium. At least with Michael Strahan, you're not worried about what he's going to say in that situation. With no, he's Terry, polished. With Terry, it's a, it's fifty fifty. You know, I always wonder about this, Shay. I've always said this. I said this like a year ago. What does Howie Long do? Go ahead, next. <laughs> I mean, seriously, like a guy I think that has a good... He has... What? What did I say? It's, it makes me laugh because my mom loves Howie Long. Oh, no, just like... She watches the broadcast. Oh, this Howie Long, he's fantastic. And I think the same thing as you. Just, he's like on the wall. After, Somebody wake him up. Black after top. Rihanna performed and they were all kind of talking on the field, just trying to get to the commercial break, my mom pointed out, she who is that guy in the middle? And that was Howie Long. So I guess my mom's probably on the opposite side of what your mom thinks about Howie Long, Shay, because he didn't do anything. He was just standing there. The ladies are hot for Howie. I think so, too. I think that, that they love the flat top, but I think that he has actually more to offer, but is not allowed because there's 18 mics on that show. Seriously, I think that Howie has a good football thought. Mm-hmm. Can't get it out, though. Got Jimmy Johnson. He got Crazy Terry. You know, just like, you know, you had Kurt Menefee. You don't have time. Shay, what else? All right, we got to get to Rihanna's halftime show. There's always yeah. a little bit of controversy. Some people love the halftime show. Some people hate the halftime show. I fell on the side that loved it. I was really impressed. She comes out pregnant, which was confirmed today, on this floating stage. She sings 10 songs. They're all hits because her catalog is just bangers. Shot or no shot? This was a top three halftime show ever. Wasn't well, no shot. It's not a top three halftime show. Uh, and by the way, I'm glad it was confirmed today that she was pregnant and, and it wasn't gas. Yeah. Yes. Yes. She, yes. You could tell maybe there was something going on there. Mm-hmm. Rihanna, I thought her show was fantastic last night because she's being on a platform that far up and pregnant in the air. I mean, what she was doing, she was singing her classics. Mm-hmm. That's what she was doing. And again, I'm saying this and I'm going to do it very, uh, you know, in a very soft tone and very syrupy because I know the uh, Rihanna Beehive they come after you. I, I think that she was terrific last night. I did. Top three, no, but definitely solid. No shot for me on the top three. Shot for me on how she skirted around all of those perceived OSHA violations of hanging <laughs> suspended in the air. Well, pregnant, no less. Yes. Because I didn't see any sort of suspension on her because typically when, you know, someone's, you know, when Benny the Bull is coming down from the the rafters, like he's got that thing on you know the back of him. And I did not see any of that with her. I the best part of the show for me, because she was she was imagine having a catalog like that where you can just rip off hit after hit and you didn't even hit the whole thing. Yeah. When I heard work, that song that's on anti when I heard like the opening chords of it. I think I tweeted because I was like, oh, please. 
do not bring him out for this. Because right, I right. was like, that's the first one where she had, that was a, a song that she did with Drake. And I was yeah. just thrilled that she had the show and the stage to herself in that moment. It was all class. She did such a great job. There's nothing controversial about the halftime, no. which I think is great when we can stay away from that and steer clear of anything that's going to steal the thunder of the second half. She was she was incredible, but top three for me, no. I would not say it was top three. Jay Moore. You got to be careful, Hoodie. It's uh, Rihanna's Navy, uh, not the Beehive. Beehive is Beyonce. I mean, just uh, I mean, a Navy be- Beehive. Her fans. Yeah, there, just, there you go. Yeah, her, her ardent fans. Is that fair? I, I'll use that. That's fair. Your Twitter should be great. I just <laughs> okay. That's good. That's 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 why I was very concerned. You know, I put the glasses on because I wrote this. I, I read a statement. <laughs> you noticed that, right? That was not off the cuff, folks. That was right off the yellow pad. I read a statement, making sure that it was clear that I enjoyed her uh, her her performance last night. And and bitch but I got uh, bitch but I had my money was first. That's a shocker, Shay. That's a shocker. But I said that last week. Not first, but not first though. It's ten to one odds that it would be the first song. Tone first. setter. You know. You know. I found this out recently. They're not paid for halftime acts. Are not paid for their performance because that's deemed free advertising. Mm-hmm. I know that she's doing some special, I think it's Apple Music, kind of a behind-the-scenes of Super Bowl. She's getting paid a lot for. Yeah. But maybe that was a little nudge towards the NFL of, I'm doing this for free, but you should also still pay me. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's what I, I was reading into it too much. I think, <laughs> I think it's interesting, though. Uh, coming up next, Patrick Mahomes. We talk about him as the Chiefs win over the Eagles 38-35. to Where is he amongst the best? We discuss it and also hear from Patrick Mahomes. That's coming up next. Cap and Jay Hood, weekday mornings at 7. Here's today's headlines, headlines. with Cap and Jay Hood. Good morning, Chicago. The Chiefs won the Super Bowl 38-35. Patrick Mahomes received his second Super Bowl MVP award. The Colts plan on hiring their Eagles offensive coordinator, Shane, what's the last name? Steichen. Steichen. As, uh, thank you. As head coach, also Northwestern got their first win over the number one program in, is that number one? Is that the first time to beat number one, Shane? Yeah. First They're, time in program history. That's yeah. crazy. Aren't they like one in 18 now against number ones? Something crazy like that? Northwestern, their first win against a number one program. They took down Purdue. 64 to 58 at Welsh Ryan. Jay Moore. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitch at ESPN 1000 Chicago. Cap and Jay Hood are back on Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN Chicago. Nick Foles sucks. He sucks. I'm just a fan. I'm not a football evaluator. I love the Green Bay Packers. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. This is not Detroit, man. This is the Super Bowl. I won't win it. He starts to come and then he pulls out. This is a really thickly built guy. I mean, what's the answer you're looking for on these things here? Going around the National Football League here on the Cap and Jay Hood Morning Show with Courtney Cronin in for Cap. I am Jonathan Hood. Thanks so much for being with us here as we review Super Bowl 57. But there's so many nuggets around the NFL. Here's Shay Norling. Shay? Well, it is a Super Bowl edition. We will get to the Colts uh, choosing to not go with Jeff Saturday in a moment. But I want to start with oh, something we talked about off Wait air. a minute. I thought... I thought the owner, Ursay, said, if you want to be against him, go ahead. <laughs> I'm telling you, this guy's a winner. <laughs> what happened to that, Shay? What happened? Ursay has convinced. I guess they wised up. Well, no, wait a minute. He told us. Do you remember this, oh, right? Yeah. He was laughing at the media. You want to be against this guy? <laughs> yeah. 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 
Is he chewing straw when he was saying you that? You saw too? it. You watched it. <laughs> I think he was. May have been chewing something else. I'll leave that alone. Yes, <laughs> right. All right. So what else is going on here? Well, I want, we talked off air a little bit about this. What happened to the commercials? The commercials used to be a highlight of the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. What was going on last night? It's the least I've paid attention to them. I have very little recollection of most of them. The one moment that sticks out to me and on social media was Michael Keaton reprising his role as Batman. Other than that, maybe the dog thing, but I don't even know who the advertiser was. The thing that stood out to me, I'm not a 2B watcher, but apparently they have the same interface as Netflix. Mm-hmm. Didn't know that until that Super Bowl commercial. And the dog one where she's li- the girl's laying in bed and it's just like um, going through her life because she ends up as a child. She starts as a child and ends up with her own baby and the dog's looking a little gray in the face. That one pulled at my heartstrings. So those are the only two that really stood out to me. This was a down year for commercials. Nothing really stood out to me. Um, saw a lot of Serena Williams, saw a little bit too much to- uh, Tony Romo. Maybe, I think he was in two spots, wasn't he, Shay? I think he was in two commercials. Any Tony Romo is too much Tony Romo. Both times he was on screen, my friend in my house said, there's your guy. Both times. <laughs> that was the only time I really looked what, at the commercials, What was he in besides the Michelob commercial? Couldn't tell you off the top of my head. Was, so, I just, I, all I see is red when he's on my TV. And the Michelob commercial was the extended version. So typically, what I've noticed, that we kind of get a tease of Super Bowl commercials, like one or two air before the Super Bowl. And the shortened version of that Serena Michelob ad with the Happy Gilmore uh, sort of bit that they were doing did not feature Jimmy Butler. But we saw Jimmy Butler in there last night. I had to do a double take because I didn't know he was a Michelob guy. He's a Michelob guy, which is really different for the NBA. Michelob and NBA really don't, at least least not that I've seen. Um, So it, it just shows you how social media can ruin things as well. So what was the first commercial we saw? Dunkin' Donuts. Was it? Remember? Is that a regional thing? Ben or is Affleck that... and J-Lo. Ben Affleck as someone who was working the, the window at Dunkin' Donuts. And we already saw this. Shay, didn't we see this like uh, like a month ago, two it, months ago? Yeah, I made the Friday folder. It was sometime in That's January. Right. I brought up Ben Affleck. Was, he missed the Golden Globes because he was serving people Dunkin' Donuts out of a Dunkin' drive-thru in Massachusetts. I think in Weymouth. And... Uh, Yeah, so that was the first commercial. Hoodie, part of it, too, is these commercials are on YouTube a week ahead of the Super Bowl. Everybody sees these before they air for $7 million for 30 seconds. There was a ramp up to the Maya Rudolph commercials about her, the Mayas, the Soviet M&Ms. I didn't understand it until we actually saw the commercial. I'm like, oh, it's a rib. It's actually the Mayas uh, are not real or they're they're, they taste like clams, I think. So it was supposed to be a rib on M&M's like, yeah, this is nasty. This We're not go- really going with this. Clam-tasting M&M's. The Mayas. I got. I, I thought that was, it was that funny. That one went over my head because I thought they're doing the Mayas because people were so upset about the M&M's themselves taking on certain characteristics or <laughs> whatever. They had to like do away with like gender roles for the M&M's. Yes. So that's why they turned to the Maya Rudolph. <laughs> I think it's, are they going to go back now? I don't think. Yeah, I think they're going back okay. to what it was because so. they, you see the M&M in the backdrop, like cut, doing the cutthroat thing. Uh-huh. Like, this is terrible. We're not really doing this. Was the Breaking Bad one? I didn't watch the show. That was so, was yeah. that good? It was But from good. a Breaking Bad fan? But just for like, you know, save a lot all the uh, chips, though. That's the whole thing. Popcorners? <laughs> you see this, Shay? 
popcorners. The more you talk about the commercials, the less I feel like I watched. Maybe it's my own attention span, but it felt like in the game, the second the game stopped, I was on Twitter. I love Breaking Bad. I just am surprised that both of those guys um, were selling us popcorners. Like, I'll never buy that. Why would I buy that if I know Doritos? Popcorn. Well, very Doritos ad last night because typically Lay's Doritos, nope. I don't know what Ruffles falls into, but they always have something. Yeah, did not see one. Huh. Nope. I'm looking through the list. I did not. Shay, what else do we have? Oh, Bradley Cooper's mom. That was weird. Go ahead. Uh, Chris Berman's going a little viral <laughs> for some post-game commentary we have the audio <laughs> of here. Let's take a listen to uh, <laughs> to Berman here. <laughs> Happy Black History Month. Two African-American quarterbacks starting against each other in the Super Bowl for the first time. Fittingly, February 12th is Abe Lincoln's birthday. Here we go with the highlights. Here's Shay Norlick. Shay? What is he thinking? <laughs> My question, and when I saw it, you see his face change in the moment. I'm wondering if he brought that nugget with him, thinking that was like the money shot, or if somebody put that up there on the prompter, and he's like, what the hell am I reading? But just get through it. There's no way. That was ad-lib, by the way. That was not on the prompter, unless he typed it in. There's no way a producer would allow that to happen. You stay out of this, Courtney. you got a, you got a, a great uh, future ahead of you here. Don't put me. I don't want to put you put it in this, but this is just ridiculous. Really? Uh, you know, two black quarterbacks making history, and, and he, he freed the slaves. I mean, what? You talk about inappropriate. Seriously? Don't you say anything. I won't. I'll, I'll no, 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 you got a bright Thank future. Thank you for protecting Yeah, yeah, please. I'm putting you. I don't want you, you to You think be that's going to go on the bottom line? <laughs> yes, I don't want you to say anything about that because we have to protect you. That's what I'm here for. All right, Shay. Get off the line, Shay. We're in a, in, a, in a segment. Come on. All right. The other thing, the <laughs> Super Bowl tried some experimental grass. This became a big story because everybody was slipping and sliding all over. Nobody could keep their footing. We saw the Eagles kicker, Jake Elliott, on a kickoff. It looked like he almost lost his leg falling yes. down. Yes. Uh, so the question, they spent $800,000, Woody, on this grass that they prepared for two years. Can they get a refund? Oof. Brutal, right? It's the same grass that was at Brutal. Soldier Field. That's that Tahoma 31. And I heard um, Nick Bolton was on KJM this morning, mm-hmm. and he was talking about when the Chiefs played out in Arizona earlier this year, the grass was actually worse. Like The, the cool thing about that stadium, because I've stayed long enough after games to watch them lift up the turf and then wheel it out of the stadium because they let it, it, the grass is, it's real grass and they have it outside and they let it grow out there. But I, we go through this every year. They spray paint the entire field. It's not just the obnoxious NFL logo at the 50 yard line, which is too big or the Super Bowl 57 logos, even though guys were slipping there. I mean, did you see, I think it was Isaiah Pacheco. I thought he was doing a death drop at first when his right leg buckled beneath him. That scared me. And I thought that was choreographed. And then I realized it wasn't. And that's what made me think, my goodness, this grass is not safe. But every year this happens in the Super Bowl because they don't care about the players. They are spray painting it green because it looks good on TV. Odell Beckham Jr. tore his ACL last year because that turf is sticky and it makes it worse when the turf is spray painted. I just I, you hear about the seven stud cleats that guys were having to change into to be able to you know work through the surface. And at halftime, it's like seventy five people out there trying to fill divots. That's yeah. like worse than playing golf with me. It's just, it's just you know what's disheartening for me is 
to the greatest athletes in the world and you just can't take care of them. You just can't take Player care of them. Player safety doesn't matter yeah. when the bottom line then, and the dollar signs matter more to the NFL. But that's the whole theme for Roger Goodell is about player safety, but it really isn't. No. It really isn't. Does it's anybody just, actually think that, though? No, no. Besides I mean, the placating that the NFL does to, like, promote that in the choreographed press conference we saw the other day where we were told the officiating's never been better? It is. Um, it's so disappointing because if you really care about the players, if you really care about player safety, you do everything you can to keep them safe. This is a, a concussion aside. We're just talking about the field, Shay. There's no way that that should look like an ice rink out there. Isn't it kind of a sick twist of irony, too, that the, the players spent all season saying the turf's no good, it's too hard underneath the turf, we need grass everywhere. Then they give us the grass, and it's the worst playing surface oh, of the year. Just so disappointing. And it's, I just, the irony in all of this is that that's the grass that they replaced the grass with at Soldier Field yeah. after the debacle the Kansas City Chiefs were in, the first preseason game. After yep. the Elton John concert, that tore, or Bad Bunny, whoever it was, it tore up the field. Mm-hmm. And the grass that held up miraculously well at Soldier Field this year was the grass that ended up costing the NFL $800,000. I don't know if you can get a refund on that. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I don't know so. what the insurance policy is, but can't I think return, they... Can't return that. <laughs> I don't think that you can do Experimental grass. <laughs> there, are a lot of, there are a lot of ways we can go with that. 9 o'clock, we'll hear from Alex Brown, his thoughts about the Super Bowl. But coming up next, more of your phone calls, 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our phone number. And some thoughts from Andy Reid. The Chiefs win the Super Bowl. We're getting your reaction to everything that you saw for Super Bowl 57. That's next on the Cap and J-Hood Morning Show. Cap and J-Hood are back. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. On Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN Chicago. We'll hear from Alex Brown coming up at 9 o'clock here on the show, along with Courtney Cronin, Jonathan Hood with you. Courtney is in for cap here on this Super Bowl Monday. 312-332-3776 is our phone number. Let's go to, oh, there's a Philadelphia Eagles area, Dennisville, New Jersey, listening on the ESPN Chicago app. Here's Brian on Cap and J. Hood. Good morning, Brian. Hey, how you doing, sir? What's Alrighty. up? All right, thanks for taking my call. Hey, give me your opinion, uh... If you agree with me, disagree, whatever, somewhere in the middle. The other night, I'm watching the, the NFL awards show, the NFL, you know, give out the awards to everybody on NFL players. For example, uh, Prescott gets up on the stage. He showed a great video. His mom passed away, his brother. It really got to your heart, you know, touching this and that. And then you hear somebody in the fans booing. So you hear the word Dallas, Cowboys, like everybody yells. And even that commercial, Dallas still sucks. It seems like all week they're saying, uh, someone's got it in for the Eagles. It's like, why can't there's some good fans out there and some bad fans? But the bad fans, do you agree? It kind of hurts the Eagles and big plays like this. Even like the Penguins, I always curse out the what's the name Crosby, and the Penguins keep winning Stanley Cups and Flyers don't. Do you agree? But some fans got to watch their mouths what they're saying. Plus, it fires the other team up when they yell things out at the other opposing players. Well, as, well as far as um, as far as Dak Prescott's concerned, I've always believed that it's good to have white hats and black hats in sports because that's what makes sports go, go around and round. If everybody were good guys, it would be boring. Dallas Cowboys and Dallas Cowboys fans are polarizing without question. And you look on social media or if you watch these television shows on ESPN, what's one of the top topics? It's always the Dallas Cowboys. So when he gets booed, that does not surprise me because that Dallas Cowboys star is polarizing. But as far as fans are concerned, Courtney, 
I mean, fans are fans. Again, you'd rather for them to be able to have an emotional investment than not. Yeah, and I've seen. I mean, I've seen it firsthand in Philly how passionate those fans are, and in directing hatred towards the opposing fan base. And you know, that's that's a staple of Philly sports. I think there's a line you don't cross, but. Am I surprised that Dak Prescott got booed? Am I surprised that, well, first off, DeMarcus Ware got booed yesterday when they announced the Hall of Fame, you know, class. I think it was like right, right before halftime, right before Rihanna, whatever it was. Yeah. And people were like acting like that was an outrage. Like, this, is a, this is a Hall of Famer. Like, you're in a stadium that's half Eagles fans. Yes. Of course that's going to happen. The NFL Honors one, though, I didn't, frankly, I didn't really know how, I've covered it before when it was in Minneapolis and the Super Bowl was there. I didn't really remember a whole ton of fans being there. So was that was that Philly play? Well, Philly players wouldn't have been there. Was it people in their circles that would have been attending? Because Mahomes, when he won MVP, uh, FaceTimed in to to accept the award. So players mm-hmm. on both those teams were there. So who was booing? I don't know. I don't know. But I didn't think they allowed fans in NFL honors. No, but I mean, but I know that that was a story. Because I read about it, I heard this on the air from someplace I was listening that Dak Prescott got booed. It, I didn't blink because that's just the way it is when you're the, part of the Dallas Cowboys. You're polarizing. Your owner's polarizing. So, Brian, from Dennisville, New Jersey, you should know, being in that Philly area, that Eagles area, that, hey, fans are going to be emotional. And rightfully so. It, it makes the sport. It's not just the players. It's, it's not just the ownership. It's not just the stadium. It's we as fans. That, that create that emotion. So should they watch their mouths? Yeah, you don't want to go over the top, but you have to be passionate. I have no problem with that. Brian, we're glad you checked in. Appreciate your phone call. Leaves line open, 312-332. ESPN is our phone number. Keith is in Mokina on ESPN 1000. Hey, Keith. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. As far as the commercials go, I thought there was one one really, really great commercial. The Dodge Ram Electric posing as an ED commercial. With the broken fishing good. rod and everything, <laughs> yes, <laughs> that was. I thought that was hands down the best commercial of the Super Bowl. Is there a close second? Um, you know, I, I did like the dog one as well. I did like the dog one as well. That was kind of heartfelt. So, besides that, I thought it was overall boring. But let's talk about the game. Yeah, and Pat Mahomes. I hardly, I cannot see how this is anything an argument towards his greatness and, and his MVP. And I think it's the wrong MVP. He had a defensive touchdown to help him. They had special teams set him up. There's two touchdowns, and he threw to two open receivers that you or I could have made that pass. Yeah. This, I think, is the wrong MVP. I am sitting there. He's unbelievably talented and most athletic quarterback in, in the league. But this is not a, a resume builder for his greatness. I'll hang up and listen for your comments. I just think that when you get a, a championship and you're leading that championship, it definitely is part of that LinkedIn resume. Absolutely it is. To Keith's point, if Nick Bolton has that second scoop and store, score, if that stood, yeah. then I think he's Super Bowl MVP without mm-hmm. question. We don't, you know, there. I think a lot of people actually picked, there are more defensive players, anybody not named Hertz or Mahomes, because I, I had picked the Eagles to win this game and Hertz was my MVP. Me but too. outside of the two quarterbacks, there were more at least from what I saw with our ESPN poll, there were more defensive players being tabbed as potential. Not Nick Bolton, not a linebacker, right. but more like a Hassan Reddick, a Chris Jones. I was just going to say, I think I heard this week Hassan Reddick was the yeah. most bet player for MVP. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think that's a great sign when there's a defensive player who can crack 
the the mold there but what Mahomes did and you know I'll I'll push back a little bit on that like I understand Kadarius Tony and you know Juju Smith-Schuster were wide open the use of motion I mean the the use of misdirection all the things that Andy Reid did to dial those plays up if you want to go ahead and say that there should be co-MVPs if Andy Reid should get a slice that Patrick Mahomes still executed the play at the end of the day he still led this team on that drive in the third quarter to you know show hey my ankle's okay I'm here. That was a five-minute and 30-second drive. Mm -hmm. And that gets them within three points. Like, he kept this game close, and then he ends up, after 47 minutes, leading the Chiefs to take the lead. You can't look past it and say, well, the defense did this, Andy Reid did this. Patrick Mahomes is, again, the centerpiece of this team. In totality, he's very much the MVP. But I do think, had Nick Bolton had that play, if that one stood they'd be hard-pressed to, to not give him Super Bowl MVP. Yeah, I'm not going to have anyone redefine sports or redefine moments for me. I'm, we're watching the game. We saw how great Patrick Mahomes was. And again, if the quarterback position is not just the one position that makes everything go round and round. It's got to be defense. It's got to be players being able to make plays. So the idea that Patrick Mahomes wasn't impressive to you, he couldn't care less. He's got two championships. That's how I look at it. That's how I look at it, and that's how he probably looks at it as well. We're going to hear from Alex Brown, his thoughts about the game yesterday. Big-time Super Bowl win for the Chiefs, 38-35. We talk about it in two minutes on Chicago's Home for Sports.